Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. Welcome to another fantastic interview here on Dream Business Radio. Um, Very, very special interview this week. Uh, From homeless to hero, Michael Anthony is the founder of Think Unbroken, which is a phenomenal name. And we're going to unpack that in a second. He's a serial entrepreneur best-selling author, award-winning speaker, podcast host, business coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma. Uh, Michael started his first business at eight years old, became an executive at 33, and has worked with multiple Fortune 500 brands, small business owners, and entrepreneurs to get clarity on their brand positioning, marketing, value, and missions. As a public speaker, he's Phenomenal. He's actually he actually won the 10x uh, conference pitch off with Grant Cartone, which I can't imagine what the competition was like in in that event because uh, Grant is hardcore. Michael, how are you doing today? My friend, I'm very well. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you. Yeah, I know you mentioned to me right before we went live, you'd done 300 interviews. I I did that also about about three years ago for about a year and a half. I did uh, uh, almost 300. I've had this. My podcast has been going for nine years. So I love talking with good people. When your information came across my desk, I wasn't quite sure. And then the more I I dove into your background, I'm like, man, I got to get this guy on my show because as much as I talk about marketing and branding and things like that and mindset, it, people have told me o- over all these years that the, the inspiration, motivation is way more important than even, you know, great strategies. So mm-hmm. I know that's where, um, where you're coming from. So what's a little bit of your background? Um, you know, we kind of mentioned a, you're a, uh, an advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma. And I mean, is that like the genesis of how you became, you know, from homeless to hero, so to speak, or unpack that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll give you the elevator here. You know, I, I was homeless as a kid. My mom was a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, in fact, she actually cut off my right index finger when I was four years old. You know, you hear that old adage, hurt people, hurt people. Mm. And, you know, she married my stepfather who was an abusive alcoholic. And, you know, I lived with 30 different families between eight to 12, oh um, getting bounced around place to place to place. I, I was a drug addict myself at 12 years old, getting high every day, popping pills. And by 13, I was getting drunk. Um, and at 15, I was expelled from school for selling drugs. Uh, luckily got put into a last chance program, still did not graduate high school on time. And I found myself in this weird position where, uh, in summer school, after not graduating, a teacher basically goes, we're done with you. Here's your diploma, get out. Mm. And I wasn't really sure what to do with my life, Jim. And I end up working a warehouse job putting microchips into motherboards every day for 12 hours a day. And, you know, you just see desperation in people's eyes. It's the place, honestly, man, where dreams go to die. And, and I thought to myself, oh, there's got to be something else. And luckily I got fired right after that thought, um, <laughs> probably <laughs> because I was stoned. And, <laughs> and so I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, okay, hold on. What's the solution for poverty, for homelessness, for abuse, for all the chaos of my life? 
And I thought to myself, it must be money. Cause like, what else would it possibly be? And I said to myself, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year by the time I'm 21 legally. And Jim, that legal part was really, really important. I've been in handcuffs multiple times. I have family in prison for life. And as of today, my three childhood best friends have been murdered. Oh my goodness. I knew where I was going, man. And so that, that declaration meant that I had to start learning skills and I ended up becoming a GMIT general manager in training for a fast food restaurant. So at 18 and a half, I've got 52 people under me. I'm learning P&Ls, order, loss, shrink, prevention, and the whole nine, basically running a business. And fast forward a couple of years later, I land a job in sales with a Fortune 10 company. No high school diploma, no college education. I start making $100,000 a year. Uh, and then my life became a complete disaster. Um, because that thing happened to me that happens to people who have never had money before. And it just showed the worst parts of my humanity. And, you know, I hit rock bottom when I'm about 26 years old, 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep. And it was chaos. And a decade later, here I am talking to you. And where was this, uh, geographically? I was, I was grew up in Indianapolis. Okay. Wow. I mean, that's so I'm interested. Um, so after you got fired and you're st- you said you're a stone in your car and you're trying to figure this out and you said, I need to make six figures and in, in, uh, in a year and do it legally. Were you even I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that you're even in the uh, c- capacity, I guess, in your, in your brain to kind of figure out and think logically like that. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> Was that like a gift from above or what? Yeah, I mean, who knows, man? You know, I just it, it just dawned on me so hard that money was the only thing that we never had. And it was the one thing that I felt like if I could obtain, I could change the trajectory of my future. And, and so that became prominent. And, you know, also you have to think about this, man, I grew up in in the hood. And so I'm listening to, to hip hop and I'm, I'm growing up in this place in which money is everything. And, you know, because we didn't have what a lot of people have where you get exposure to, you know, mom and dad who maybe work for a corporate job and wear a suit and tie to work. You know, we were on WIC and food stamps and government housing. And, you know, I had my lunch paid for by the by the community, you know, all those things. And so being basically exposed to media, being the thing that helped me understand not only like money, but manhood, it was all just so backwards. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get money and that'll fix things. And then what happened was now I'm in this position where I have an $80,000 car, where I live in the best condo in town. I'm spending $200 a month in my favorite bar, just living this crazy lifestyle, but not investing a single penny into myself. And so it was like, yeah, I got the money, but I didn't have clarity about what I needed to do with it. When did you, I mean, did you have several, did you have any role models or mentors to help you get your head on straight? Or was that just a process of, you know, over time? Not really. You know, one of the yes and no, because one of the greatest moments of my life. So my girlfriend calls me, I'm in high school, I'm 18 and I'm at home playing video games. And she's like, you're not graduating. And like, what do you mean? She goes, your name's not on the graduation list. You know how they post it. Everybody can see it. And so I get in my car, I drive to school. I know immediately, Jim, why? And the ironies of all irony is that my business teacher is the one who failed me. And I go upstairs. He's on the second floor corner building, Mr. Bush, who was the basketball coach. And I say, Mm -hmm. 
I wait for him to come out and I go, how dare you fail me? Like literally, I was just like this ornery 18 year old moron. And he goes, I didn't fail you. You failed yourself. Wow. And then he taught me to this day, the most important lesson anyone has ever taught me. He said, here's the thing you need to understand about life. You can't get by on your charms and your good looks. If you want something, you have to earn it. Wow. And he made me go to summer school. He effectively was the only teacher who ever stood up to me. He was effectively the only teacher even that ever believed in me. Of course, there's Mr. Hollingsworth. That's a very long story we will get into. Mm-hmm. But it was Mr. Bush in that moment where he was like, you made a promise that you were going to show up to this class and you were going to do the work. And I never did. And so it was not a surprise when I had a 1.2 GPA and missed 90 days of school my senior year that I wasn't graduating. And, and him in that moment teaching me that lesson is probably one of the few reasons I'm here today. Have you ever, is he still around? Have you ever had a chat with him modern day and th- thanked him or anything like that? So the most random thing happened. I, I used to be an international photographer mm-hmm. and one night I was getting ready to go on a trip and I needed new memory cards. And I decided to drive 45 minutes out of my way from of just a very far away Best Buy. And I walk in there. And so this is about 10 years ago. I walk in and there he is. And Jim, I cannot tell you the emotion I had just, I was literally shaking. I've been around celebrities. I've been on some of the biggest stages in the world. You mentioned, I spoke in front of Grant Cardone. None of that was as nerve wracking as that moment of walking up to him and saying, thank you. Wow. You know, I I know there's some good teachers and bad teachers. I bet you just made his whole year by doing that because I'm sure it's no fun failing a student, even though you fail yourself. I'm sure that meant a lot to him. Yeah, I I hope so. And, and, you know, he just shook my hand and he was like, keep doing it. And that's what it was. And that, you know, and that was just a really profound moment. And I mean, I'm telling you literally just even right now thinking about it, like I was so terrified in that moment. It's very, and you know, I've been on stage in front of 10,000 people and it wasn't nearly as bad. Oh my goodness. So, (laughs) I mean, you're, you have a podcast production company, you're an author and you're a coach. And um, when did the think unbroken, was that, I mean, is that just a great brand name or is that, is that really how you think about, um, you know, what you, your childhood, did you think you were broken and, and explain that a little bit. I love that name. Yeah. So about six years ago, I was laying in bed in the middle of the night and I'd been deep into this personal work, right? Cause I had gone all the therapy, all the coaching, all the personal development and mentorship and conferences, you know, it's just been such a, a big part of the nomenclature of my growth. And I was laying in bed one night, man. I was like, you know, ah, I don't like this idea that people are always telling us we're screwed up. Like, I'm broken. I'm not this. I'm not that. And I never thought I was broken. I was just like, man, I need a damn hug. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it came to me like a lightning bolt. And I was like, that's not who I am. That's not what I believe. That's not what I think. And that started everything. And I never anticipated any of this. Like it, this was not in the game plan for me. You know, it just kind of started to take shape because I'd been writing a blog under a different name, just sharing the information I was learning about adverse childhood experiences, childhood trauma and abuse, long-term detrimental health ramifications, like understanding mindset and how to create change in your life and the whole nine. Like I was literally just sharing what I was learning, thinking, you know, maybe my brothers will listen or read this. I should say, not listen, read this. And 
And then slowly people would just reach out, Jim. They'd be like, man, that thing you posted changed my life. That thing I relate to it. My, my family did this or that, or, and then it turned into that thing you posted saved my life. And, and that carried a lot of weight, man. Like never, never, never imagined that would happen. And then you fast forward today, I've got a, you know, a top 10 podcast in the world. I've interviewed some of the greatest minds on planet earth. I've written a best-selling book. My third one's about to come out. I've coached thousands and thousands of people, but, but ultimately it just started because I needed to fix myself. Do you think it's possible? I mean, one of the things I know you talk about is uh, how to change your life after hitting rock bottom. Is that, is that an essential part of when somebody needs to, to fix themselves? You know, it's like the, the thorn in the lion's paw. It just doesn't hurt enough at some point. Every single part of me wishes that it wasn't. And the more people I talk to, the more I interview, the more I coach, the more everything the more clear that it becomes that we have to. Right. Because I just, I've never, I mean, think about the greatest minds, the people who are really changing this world. I mean, you can point to all of them. You can point to Grant Cardone, Tom Bilyeu, Tony Robbins, you know, you name the person, right? Presidents, officials, everyone, your, your, even your own mentors, right? Even if they're not these famous people, they all hit rock bottom. They all had to get to this place where they looked at their life and said, I'm tired of my own crap. I'm going to do whatever it takes to change my damn life. And, and that's, I think, just indelibly part of this journey. I don't know how else you create change without that moment of realizing that you're not living into the potential that you have. Hmm. What, so you coach a lot of people. I'm, I'm curious. Um, you know, because I don't put myself out there as a mindset coach. I've been coaching for like 13 years. People know me for branding and marketing and things like that. But ultimately, when you get into a coaching relationship, you you find out you really have to help somebody with their internal uh, what I call head trash. Um, how do how do you how do you work with somebody who's scared to take that step? You know, whether it's starting a podcast because you think your voice is silly, or getting in front of the camera because you don't like the way you look, or you know, writing a book because God forbid you have a misspelling and somebody thinks you're, you know, you're a boob or whatever. How do you help people get over their own, you know, uh, fears? Look, I mean, at the end of the day, the only time that your life changes is when you change your life. Mm-hmm. One, one of my therapists about seven years ago told me something very transformative, transformative, excuse me. He said, change only happens when you make change happen. And, and so one of the big things that I try to sit with people in is addressing the truth of the reality of life, that if you are not addressing the thing that keeps you awake at night, you're going to die with regret. Yes. You know, and that thing that keeps you awake at night, it's like, quit the job, start the podcast, ask the person on a date, go and change the, the structure of your community, travel the world. Like, it doesn't matter, Right. The people who have success in their life, I can boil it down to one thing. They make decisions. They decide. They do something. And so it's really easy to sit here and talk about this idea of self-sabotage or talk about you know self-worth or talk about all those things. But I've come to discover the only way that you truly build confidence is by continually doing incredibly uncomfortable things. You know, it's funny because being on stage just last week, I'm in New York city. I'm on stage. I had a picture on 
a billboard in freaking Times Square, man. Like it was crazy, but nobody saw it when it was one person in the room or three or seven or 10. And, and in the beginning I was terrible, Jim, I was so bad, dude. Like I'm probably mm-hmm. still bad to be honest with you, okay. but I'm so I'm, I'm iterating, I'm learning. And it was just, you have to be willing to get out of your own way because if you don't do it, nobody's going to. And my only fear in life, people ask me, I'll be like, what are you afraid of? I've already faced the darkness of humanity, right? Yes. My only fear is that on my deathbed at that last breath, I'm going to be like regret. Yeah, so if so you want to do that thing, you go and do it. You suffer through the discomfort of it because on the other side of it, you have the potential for greatness. And that's what I teach people. And if you're unwilling to do that, then I cannot help you. Yeah, it's interesting. I know we just kind of met each other, but uh, my fifth book is actually called Decide. <laughs> it actually it's so funny how you, how you talk about that, because, you know, w- what is the difference maker between those who extre- achieve extraordinary success and those maybe average? They have the ability to decide when they're faced with a challenge or an opportunity, uh, you know, and the crazy word I came up with people who can't decide end up in a place I called Squishyville. It's oh, might do it, might not do it. You know, So <laughs> love that. Um, so, you know, the expression, I, I know we all heard uh, as kids and then it seems to uh, mean more to us as we get older, but I remember the truth shall set you free. Mm-hmm. And I never really quite understood that until I started, you know, in my own business when I was becoming my authentic self, right? I didn't want to, I, you know, initially when I became a coach, I thought I had to pretend I was all buttoned up and, and very knowledgeable and, Oh, I'm, I'm Jim. No, th- this is who I am. I know it's, it's, it's radio, but I am who I am. I have the sophomoric sense of humor, but I'm really, really good at some things. And the more I just let myself be me, I don't have to remember who I told what to when, right? So I think you're probably appreciating that also because, you know, when you said, uh, I think you said you started blogging about your childhood, but with a different name. Do you, do you still do that? Or, I mean, you're pretty out there right now because that's part of why I had you on the program is you're out there with what you went through, but it was, it made a dramatic difference in your life. And it'll, I think it allowed you to do some things and inspire people, which is probably the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, that's a really great point. You know, the, the name changed as a branding move, right? Mm -hmm. So, so my background in working with like consulting these major companies has been in branding and in development and things like that. So, uh, you know, I knew when I came up with think unbroken, like I had to switch. And so all the old blog content, it's still out there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just a play about the brand. Like, honestly, just at the end of the day, it's that simple. Um, and so today as I've grown and as you know, the brand of Michael Unbroken and the brand of Think Unbroken have grown, the, the blog turned into the podcast. And so, you know, whereas I was blogging all the time, we do a daily show now. And so I'm putting out content every single day in the podcast form and in media on YouTube, on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, like the whole nine, because I was just like, I don't want to write every day. Um, because I want to focus on writing really, really good books. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, I, I kind of took the Seth Godin mentality of I'm just going to put out the work every day. And that became a daily podcast show. Yeah, we got about uh, three or four minutes. I know I read one of your I think it was a blog um, about how to stand out in the marketplace by aligning your brand and personal values. So, I mean, 
talk about that. So, because I, some people believe I got my work life and then I go home and I have my personal life. But when you're an entrepreneur, especially, they're one and the same in today's environment, especially with social media. They, they are to an extent because I still have a separation of church and state, Jim. You have no idea what I'm eating for lunch. You don't know if I'm on a date. You don't know if I'm on vacation. I do not put that part of my life into the world. So, I mean, could I? Yes, but I choose not to. So I have some sensibility of sanity. Right. Um, but ultimately, values are everything. You know, if, without values, you are effectively on a rudderless boat. You're out there in the ocean. You're going to end up wherever the world takes you instead of where you choose to go. And so, I think it's really important to get sat down, write out your values, create clarity around them and understand who you are. Like my values are honesty, kindness, leadership, self-actualization, and no excuses. And so those become a funnel for every way that I operate in the brand marketplace, but also, and more importantly, in my personal life. Like people who are around me, they know, like, I'm going to make leader moves. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to operate through kindness. And, and that has held and bode very well for me in this journey. And I think for the people who are like, I don't really have values. You need to sit down and get a dictionary and start thinking about words that represent who you are and start defining those words for yourself, because then you'll have a bit of a compass and a, and a navigation towards what you want to be in life. Um, last question I'll squeeze in here. I know you work with uh, some large companies um, and I know you, you believe that leadership starts with being vulnerable. Is that something that, you know, especially in the corporate world, they, do they uh, resist being authentic or vulnerable? What, what did you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a shift changing. I think the most important thing is, you know, you, in, innately, we all can feel the emotion of other people right? It's just a part of the human experience. And if you're in a leadership position and you're lying to your team, they know they're not stupid. If you're terrified about what's happening in the business and, and you're working and operating through this space where you're trying to put on a front, we pick up on that, Jim, you know that. Yep. Think about when you're around people and you go, ah, there's something off about that guy, right? And then seven months later, you go, oh, I knew it. If you can be vulnerable as a leader, then you can circumvent that place in which people do not feel safe working under you. And I don't mean safety like physically, but I mean the ability for them to show up and feel confident and, and be a part of the team every day. Like you got to keep it real with your team. And that's one of the things that I've found has helped me so much because they know the mission. They know the goals. They know even the financials. Like I'm like, this is how much money we're making right now. If you want to make more money, you need to help me make more money. So how do we do that? And it's just about transparency and vulnerability. That's awesome. Michael, this is, uh, I'm sure the people uh, listening to this right now, driving in their cars or listening <laughs> as they jog or going, God, keep going, keep going. But the clock dictates all. I would love to have you back sometime. And um, I just feel we could go for easily another half hour. I think you're, you've got a great mind. I really, really admire uh, what you've been, you know, not what you've been through because you didn't control that, but what you've turned your life into right now. It's, it's really fascinating. How can people um, learn more about you and, and get your books and things like that? Yeah, I'm everywhere on social at Michael Unbroken. And if you just go to thinkunbroken.com, you'll find the Think Unbroken podcast, the books, the coaching, the apps, everything. It's over at thinkunbroken.com. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for being a, a wonderful guest. I greatly appreciate it. My pleasure, my friend. Thank hey. you. 
Yeah, folks, that wraps up this very special interview. I told you it was going to be awesome with Michael Anthony, Think Unbroken, and that is uh, thinkunbroken.com. Check him out. You can check me out at getjimpalmer.com. But until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.